I've started. I've started it here. We are recording. Okay, is this using Dogma ninety five? This or? is this is Dogma ninety five podcasting. We're not allowed to use any special effects. No, we're not allowed to bring anything into the set of the podcast other than what's already present. Can't we do special echoes and lengthening effects? See, you can do that if you can do that naturally. Which obviously you can't. No, then no, that works fine. I mean, the, the the main reason I wanted to do this is. I quite like listening to your um, rock, paper, shotgun podcast with Jem Rosignol, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't particularly like it when you talk about games. Right. I quite like it when you just... The pr- in-between bits. The in-between bits. And I wanted to do an experiment to see whether you could actually do a podcast that just had the in-between bits in, or whether it would be like eating a bowl of sugar. I think it's, I think it's, an, it's interesting that I always... I think it's always the case that the in-between bits are always best. On, on, like for instance, um, if you went back to Have I Got News for You back in its glory days, when it was you know when it had a presenter and stuff, yes, it would um, it was always when they went off track and got lost, and that was always far funnier than when they then had a boring question being read out. But would it have worked without the questions being read out? Well, exactly. This is the point, um, and I wonder whether it will work because. You have to admit that when you listen to things that say, oh, God, we've gone off topic, we've gone off topic, this Mm -hmm. is terrible, it's frustrating because I quite like it when things go off topic and they start rambling into interesting places. But on the other hand, if they didn't have the topic to kind of kick against, maybe it would just be boring and uh, ill-defined nonsense. I think think you have to have something to rebel against or... You aren't rebelling, and you're just there's nothing. So you need to be. So we should pick us something that we're meant to be talking about, and then, and then be and careful. We can become furiously angry with ourselves when we don't. And then be careful not to talk about it. I mean, I'd originally thought of a topic, but maybe we should think of something. Let's think of something really quite dull that would actually be a struggle to talk about, and have that as the topic. Um, it can be, I don't know, now. I'm not something obvious like rusty razor blades, but you know, something really just. What about something that's just incredibly trite that everyone? Yes. Always insists on talking about. Um, what, uh, abortion? No, no, something like that. It's more, yeah. some, some banal moral maze topic. <laughs> we, could, we could discuss why Claire Fox is the least appropriate person for discussing anything on any subject ever. <laughs> yes. She, she, she's not a fox, is she? she? I don't know. I have no idea whether Claire Fox is a fox. I've never seen Claire Fox. <laughs> no. But I can just... She's a, a harridan, not a fox. Um, I really enjoy her ability, her extraordinary ability to bring any topic, no matter how irrelevant, round to why she hates Christians. <laughs> it's an amazing capacity that she has. No, don't, 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 don't be unfair. She hates lots of other people Oh, she as hates well. Jews as well, and, and any religions. No, it's not just all. religion, because she's also she, she, she goes on about defending um, science and rationalism. But I've actually heard her when there was a discussion about science and rationalism, she was going on about how that was somehow problematic as well. Oh, really? I, I, Excellent. I, I think she, she, she's just a bit grumpy. There's no matter on which she, Although she's there's, satisfied. There's, there's no one quite as grumpy as Melanie Phillips. <laughs> I love that, that it, just, it seems so stuck in, in a rut, that programme. That they, they, I mean, Starkey was possibly the best thing that they had. Starkey was good, but also actually, what's her name? Anne... What's Anne Apple? I can't remember the other one who was on as well. The other, the other grumpy right wing woman. Oh, do you mean the wife of the vicar one who writes for the Telegraph? No, 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 not oh. the wife of the vicar. Other, the other grumpy right wing woman. I don't know. Remember, she was on before Anne Claire. Oh God, I can't remember what her Doesn't name. Doesn't ring a bell. But she, she was also always complaining about the way things are and the youth <laughs> of the youth of today and all that kind of thing. She had a slight Canadian American accent. But I, I think that my 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 problem with the moral maze is that. It is, it just, every week it does just become this battle between the religious and the a-religious, no matter the topic. And it just seems that's so irrelevant to 
uh, discussing. Are you bringing your Christian propaganda in? Yes, that's what it is. No, (laughs) no, but it's quite the opposite. I don't want all that muddying a a discussion of you know something they're discussing the 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 war in Iraq. It it shouldn't come down to whether Claire Fox. I think all you you know with your religion and you're telling us what to think and it's crazy madness and then suddenly everyone else has to defend themselves. And it's... No, what, what I find actually worse about the moral maze is that they discuss things in a way that sounds like, as if they really think they're being quite profound. But right. actually they're being very, very trite, and most of the things that they say could be scribbled on a bad greeting card. It's yeah. mo- it's, it should be the moralizing maze. because <laughs> it's, it should be the maze. it's not really a maze either, because they never actually go through any particular tortuous routes. It's just... The, moral, yes. the moralizing straight line. I also just like the fact that they, they announced their agenda at the beginning as well, because it seemed to well, somewhat he, defeat them. Any... Michael Burke announced this in a sighing sort of way. Yes. As if, I'm presenting this today. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to be. I wish I was still reading the news. Is he still reading the news? I don't know if he's allowed to read the news I don't anymore. Think he is. he yeah, sighs he too much. There's probably too many women reading the news for him. Oh, yes, I wrote that article yes, about it in my, 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 my journal. Your online blog. Don't say that. That's why we should have another interesting discussion. Would be words that Nicholas Mailer. We haven't actually introduced ourselves. Good. Training for anyone listening to this, but words that Nicholas Mailer does not approve of. Well, and they are many. Are they? Are, they are legion. They are, but I mean, but you have to admit that the word blog. And I know it's a, almost a cliche to say it now, but the word blog is an unpleasant word. In in your defence, you were hating the word blog long before it was fashionable to hate the word. Yes, blog. exactly. As soon as it came up, well, while you thought it was cool. Oh yeah, I was there. And you were you were skating. It. You were skating around it and putting glitter on it. I, I was I was writing it on my trainers. So I was yes. in my pencil case. And then I, I said, it. "It sounds like you're clearing your throat, and there's a big mm. green." Postulating no, gunk in there. Glob. I've always agreed with you that it's an, always agreed with you that it's an ugly word, but I've always maintained that it is the word, and you may as well just get used to no, it. No, no, the the word was a program on um, Channel Four, presented by Terry Christian. Terry, you're others. going on about Christians again. <laughs> Actually, is, is Terry is Terry Christian a Christian? I'm very doubtful that he is. I think he's probably become one now. He had the face for it. I like the idea that accusing someone of being a Christian could be as uh, litigious as accusing them of being. <laughs> gay <laughs> maybe sue you if you suggested that yeah. someone were christian when they weren't well i'm sure there are people where that would be not in, not not in america but i believe in the uk that perhaps in, in iran it would be more yeah. problematic but in iran it would be because effectively you're saying you should yes. you know certainly saudi arabia or something like that, you're saying you should probably be killed if you carry on your ways mm-hmm. indonesia would be a good place to uh, proclaim why is your archbishop so worried about um bringing sharia law here and not uh, worrying about the way christians are treated in indonesia your I, archbishop, my archbishop, whom you think is really clever because he uses some fancy words sometimes. He's a decent theologian. I'd far rather see Tom Wright as archbishop. I think that would be the, he's the right man for the job. At least he's been made into a prominent Yeah, but that's because his surname's Wright. And that's what it he's is. He's the right man for the job. <laughs> I fell for the homonym. Yes. Um, homo. <laughs> the homonym. Mm. We've reduced ourselves to gay jokes. Yes. Um, Actually, every, pod, every podcast that isn't on the BBC and therefore Carl does... Yes, you notice that. True. Name a podcast that doesn't eventually dissolve into gay jokes that isn't a a tech podcast mm. or isn't a, a regulated big media podcast. There'll always be some. I mean, I know Richard Herring and Andrew Collins are always going on about bumming and bumming, so on. Obviously. But uh, I think there's always some sort of frisson of, of gayness. I think so. I think maybe that's just the homoerotic nature of two men sitting in a room talking into a computer together. It is. I think eventually the thoughts turn It is, exactly. To yeah. the anus. I know if you think about it, I mean, um, 
I've said Victoria has been sent upstairs to deal yes, with her true. frames That's and we've right. been left here together to do the equivalent of what, you know, in the old days we would be talking about the world and smoking a cigar. I suppose we're doing mm-hmm. that now, except we're just not smoking a cigar or having any port. No glass of brandy to Would you like a glass celebrate. of brandy? I don't really like brandy. If you have any rum, I'd be up for that. That would be great. I've actually got some rum from the land of rum. Oh, really? Caribbean rum? Yes. It, Excellent. So should we just stop this and get some rum? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's yes. Let's do that. Let's press pause and get some rum. Okay, I'll get you some rum. And we're back. I thought I had rum, but but I, instead I've given you some Mandarin Napoleon brandy, which is an extraordinary thing. It doesn't, doesn't taste like brandy. It's like like a, like a lic- liqueur. It is. Um, it, don't you feel slightly? I'm going to hold it up to the microphone so listeners can smell it. <laughs> yes. Oh, the fumes. Doesn't it make you feel slightly unpatriotic <laughs> to have Napoleon brandy? <laughs> it does a bit. It should be Wellington. <laughs> Wellington brandy. <laughs> With a beefy brandy. Actually, that would be interesting. Are there any um, beefy cocktails and things like oh, that? Oh, that sounds revolting. I, mean, I can think of a Bloody Mary could have be made. Oh, okay, it has some a, sort of beef stock in it. I have so a don't... question about the Bloody Mary. I would yes. like to know. Have you ever seen anyone drink a Bloody Mary when they weren't on an aeroplane? Um... I've never in my life seen anyone in it, on an aeroplane. Every other person has one. Or, or tomato juice. Tomato juice. I've never seen. I anyone. often have tomato juice on an aeroplane, but I, you feel like it because you, 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 you. I don't know why you feel like it, but, uh, because I think your taste buds are quite desensitized. So to have something a little bit salty just to wake you up just, a bit more. You don't, don't know. know that though. You can't. You can't. You're not conscious that your taste buds aren't working as effectively. Maybe it's just. It's just something that's passed back. The reason I have tomato juice is my mum always used to have it. I think it's... And then I have it now, it's become a sort of a ritual, it's comforting, that's what you do on a plane. But I ne- I, I've, no, I've no experience, I guess maybe when I was a kid we never flew anywhere, we couldn't afford mm. to fly away on, on holiday, so no. um, So I guess maybe I didn't have that programming, but it drives me, I just sit there on the plane just bemused by person after person after person asking for tomato juice, and I've never had, tomato juice is revolting, it's, it's not a... No, it's, it's not nice, a, it's not no, an appropriate no, you're wrong. juice. you're incorrect, it's a very appropriate <laughs> juice. Tomato, after all, is a fruit, so it's allowed to be a juice. This is well. Though we're, we're, we're discussing this, we have to discuss my uh, my strict. Uh, you're so much louder than I am on this. Event. I am. I'm moving the microphone toward me. My strict. You're rhubarb, biasing it. My strict rhubarb rule, yeah. which is that rhubarb is not a pudding fruit. It is a vegetable, and it's relegated back to main courses. Is something it? went wrong, and it got promoted to pudding. I'm having that change. But, but no, but there is something that feels slightly naughty about having rhubarb as a pudding because it is <laughs> so acerbic, and it it it, it, it shrieks and shouts. No, no, you're 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 wrong. Rhubarb and custard. Is this this brandy just got in my eye somehow? Yes, extraordinarily you, you started genuflecting <laughs> as if you were bowing down to it. It's like it's so citrusy that it managed to simulate yeah. the uh, a squirt of juice from an orange. Rhubarb brandy. There would be something. That, oh, there is the, the you British people do make rhubarb uh, wines and things like that, but apparently that's not very nice. Sounds hideous. It's like the celery of the pudding world. It's just disgusting. And I have some other rules, by the way. Okay. Um, rhubarb is mm. demoted. Demoted to, to main course. Main uh, course vegetable. The letter Q. Mm-hmm. The letter Q has somehow, and I don't know when this happened, but clearly at some point during the alphabet development, mm-hmm. um, it got promoted up to the good letters. Like <laughs> so you've got P's and R's and S's mm. and T's, you know, letters you look for in Scrabble. Yeah. And then the Q right in the middle of them. Q should be down with the Z's and the X's. That's where, obviously where it yeah. belongs. Q should be at the end of the When alphabet. I think of Q, I do think of it with the Z's and the X's. Exactly. But what, what letter is it? 
It's it's E C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q sixteen. It's I know it's but it's right up there with the golden scrabble letters, the letters you want to see come up on countdown. Q and there's Q right in the middle. Do you know of something them. else curious about Q? Of course, except in words like Qantas for the airline, which is just because it's a, a, a an acronym. Um, it right. always has to be with a U. Mm-hmm. And that's a bit stupid because <laughs> you think you're like saying this to me like I might not know that. No, no, but I'm saying it's <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's a bit stupid. And you think, well, okay, that must be a relatively new thing or something mm-hmm. that you know it, it had its use once and it got. It's a bit like the, a, a, a satellite or something. It just caught this U and the U right, being yes. over all the time. But in Latin, it uses the U as well. Oh, really? So it's like it's always been this. It's kind of this invalid, letter that can in, never quite cope on its, it's own. It's an invalid letter. It has this crutch of a U, yeah. otherwise it can't move around. I think, well. Uh, Maybe, why don't we just agree that it doesn't need the U anymore? It, it would make more sense. Although there is, of course, the word chi, which yeah. is great for Scrabble, if you know Q-I. Yeah, no, but that's just a transliteration of a, of an Oriental word. But it's an acceptable, it's adopted into English and in English. Yeah, but I'm saying it's just a transliteration. I, it's, the Q is not being real there. It's being, it's being a dastardly foreigner. Right. <laughs> Whereas when it's being a good Englishman, it's got a U. Proper, proper Qs. Always bloody have, foreign Qs. Always have their Us. They're, they're not allowed on their own. Like, like ladies in Saudi Arabia, they have to be escorted. Now, in Countdown, the interesting thing about Countdown, because I think Countdown is a subject we should be discussing. Um, well, you always liked Countdown, un- unironically yes. and, and, and unbashfully. Because the great thing about Countdown is... It's when it had a, Richard White. I think it's the only quiz show you can genuinely play along at home with. Now, in a, in a quiz show where you have to buzz in with the right answer first, you can't play along at home because no. you can't prove or disprove that you came in a bit after and it's mm. all... Awkward, but with Countdown, you can genuinely sit with a pad and a pen and score yourself against the players, and you, you don't need to be in the Well, I always found the maths difficult in Countdown. See, I found the maths very, very simple. There's a simple formula for the maths, and this is what uh, I said, we were saying this at dinner that Carol Vorderman is, is heralded as this great mathematician just because she can yeah, do she, math. She can, she, she, she's, can do adding. Ein, she's Einstein net. She, she can do adding quite quickly. Well, I and can't. The I'm, trick of, I'm really bad at maths. Well, the trick, the trick of Countdown, and this is how to make Countdown numbers game easy. Sorry, arithmetic. I'm well, actually okay at maths, I'm bad at arithmetic. Well, how would you dis- distinguish the two? Mathematics is um, to do with pattern matching and formulae and balancing equations and that kind of thing. I'm okay, okay. with that. But I'm actually bad at just doing the mechanics of right. adding and subtracting and multiplying. Uh, I will use my fingers for pretty much anything. It's a bit embarrassing. It's horrible when you have to count to 21. Well, no, but I will. I'll just carry over and, you know, right. you, you, know you know what I mean? I will always... If you ask me to add 8 plus 12... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be using my fingers at some stage. Or, <laughs> Even for a nice round 20, that's, that's quite Yeah, strange. I would think, well, okay, I can sort of see the 8 fits in to the 12 to make a 20 in a kind of almost geometric way. But right. when, they stop, yes. when you stop being able to see them geometrically, okay. I really have to... Well, apparently, apparently your brain can only get to 4 uh, yeah. on its own, and then it has to break up. So if yeah. you're counting, say, um, marbles, yeah. if you have 4, your brain will see 4. But yes. five becomes three and two. Well, there's something about animals as well. Uh, even the greater apes can only cope to about four or okay. something like that. Well, it's, so. it's fascinating that we, you know, you do you go three and two, and you can prove this to yourself if you get some stones and count them. You mm. you will you'll see a group of three and a group of two, and that will tell you five. You can just about if you have them in the the dice shape for a five, you can just about do it without splitting. But then after that, you'll always break it up into numbers. Well, it's the same with music on. actually. If you have um, you can have a three four rhythm, which is a you know which is a waltz one two three one right. two three, or you can have four four, which sounds Natural one two three four one two three four. But the moment you get to five. 
apply for, it starts feeling very unnatural, and there, there, there's very few songs that what's are. The, I mean, what's the free five, software song in? That's uh, that, that seven four, which is even seven, more. Four, right? But you know, five four is one two three four five one two three four five. It doesn't. You know, you, you your brain will usually go one two three one two one two right. three one two. It starts dividing it up oh, okay. a bit like that. And we seven should... seven four as well will go one two three four one two three one two three four one two three. We should tell the story of uh, the time that you were whistling the free software song. Um, walking down the corridor in Cambridge University, whistling the free software song, and Richard Stallman. It was you whistling rather than yeah. Martin, wasn't it? Richard, yes, Stallman, yes. Richard Stallman himself, unbeknownst to any of us, is right behind, behind you us. going, No, you're getting it all wrong! It's in 7-4! And anybody, I mean, let's not flatter ourselves that anybody will listen to this, but let's just say by some fluke <laughs> somebody listens to it, and they're thinking, well, they're prattling about non-geeky things, generally, yes. and now suddenly you've mentioned the free software song and Richard <laughs> Stallman, true. and they switched it off. Well done. Or, or at this point, suddenly people have gone, oh, this is a podcast I can listen to now, yes. it's got something to do with computers. Yeah, they've, they, they, they've, how long has it been going? Five minutes, ten? 16. No. Yeah. That's almost flies, as long as a, 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 that's almost as long as Neighbours once you get rid of the, the, <laughs> no, theme, the neighbors, theme tune. Neighbours gets to 21 and a half I think. Do you remember Neighbours? I do remember Neighbours. My brother still watches no, it. I he would, recalls I... it on Channel 5. Oh, channel no. 5. I don't call it 5. It's <laughs> Channel 5. <laughs> I would like to point out by the way it's not on ITV the, some... it's on Channel 5 no sorry, I didn't say ITV 1 or 2 it's on ITV <laughs> it's on Channel 5 <laughs> this is like your words you refuse to acknowledge yeah. it's like I have a rule I refuse to update people's last names my sister got married 150 years ago but she yeah. still refused to acknowledge that her last name has changed no I'd like to point out something you hate about podcasts is when someone says they're going to say something and then the subject moves on can I just interrupt you there that's another thing I don't like I never said how to win at Countdown and I think if someone listening would be very upset that I Right. I know that's very this. interesting and yeah. now I'm still interrupting and somebody yeah. would still be thinking oh come on just let him tell him and now I'm saying this <laughs> yes. and still preventing the story mm. from coming out and this is what you hate most about podcasting Absolutely. how easy it is to do it is easy and it, it feels natural easy. when you're doing it Yeah, like so many other things it's feels natural when you're doing it but when other people look it's very very wrong uh-huh. right I'm tell gonna, your story I'm going to do it and you won't be able to stop me Actually, I was listening to her, <laughs> but I was listening to her Collings and Herring today, getting uh-huh. very annoyed by them. As and usual. he and again, Herring was purposefully um, disrupting Collins's anecdote, mm-hmm. making the same point that yes. you apparently his listeners had complained that people were interrupting. It's true. And now it's <laughs> and another, and another thing. Pop the countdown. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you win countdown? I'll tell you if you're shut up. Yes, <laughs> you don't speak now because you're just gonna. Change the subject. <laughs> uh, the way you do it is, if you're trying to get, say you've got uh, 75 and a bunch of small numbers, and it's always mm-hmm. 75 is the hardest, and you're trying to get 682, mm-hmm. you need to know some basic simple things like 4, 75 is 300, and therefore 6 is 800. Well, why do I need to know 600. that? I don't know that. 600. But I don't know that. But you do, so I've, we're, just, we're, told we're, you. I've well, just told you it. Well, nobody's going to just tell me that in the studio, <laughs> no, 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 are no, they? I'm telling you now so you know forever that 4, 75 to 300. I won't remember that. It's ridiculous, of course you can remember that. I really won't. I promise you I won't. Okay, I'll tell you what, let's see how long this goes on. Okay. And at the end end of the thing, say, 300, what, four of what were they? Or, you know, something obviously don't... People less retarded than you um, might be able to remember some some simple things like that. And it's quite easy to get there because 275 is 150 and two of those is 300. So it's quite simple to get there. So you know that eight gets you to 600. How? Because (laughs) two times four is eight. (laughs) Yeah, eight seventy-five to six hundred. I get so okay. So let's. I make this slightly simpler. So try, try you trying to get to six hundred and thirty-two. Now you've got a seventy-five, and you've got and let's just say for sake of argument, you've got an eight. 
um, in your in your numbers, and you want to get six hundred thirty-two. Most people, what they'll do, and most contestants on the show, what they'll do times is they'll say eight times seventy-five is six hundred, and then they'll try and get the thirty-two from the remaining numbers. What they don't think is that you're multiplying the seventy-five by eight, so why not get the seventy the thirty-two at the same time, which is four what eight to thirty-two. What but you're trying to get to six hundred thirty-two? Yes, right. So you want to multiply this, and you're multiplying the seventy-five by eight to get close. But you can't reuse the numbers. So why? So okay. So what you Are do you? instead Can is you? I don't know. Countdown. No, you can't reuse the numbers. numbers. You can't. So listen, this is what you do. Yeah. To get to six hundred thirty-two, mm. add four to the seventy-five, then multiply it by eight. You've got six hundred thirty-two. Why? That point. Because four eights are thirty-two. But that's where I, I would have forgotten that. <laughs> How am I supposed to know that four eights are thirty-two? Because. And I can go 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 1, 2, 8, 2, 5, 6, 5, 12, <laughs> 1, 2, 4, 2, 0, 2, 0, 4, 8, 4, 0, 9, 6, etc., etc., because I know binary, but I will forget <laughs> that 4, 8, well, 30, it's quite eight plus even eight though plus I know 8 bits, I, I know, I, I, I know, I know IP addresses. You're allowed shouting, right? But I know IP addresses are, 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 are it's a 32-bit number made up right. of 4, 8 bits, 192.168, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, 255.255, I know that. But if you ever ask me to remember that four eights or thirty two, I won't but make the connection. But you don't need to remember it. You just need to go eight plus eight plus eight plus eight. It's quite. But I won't do that. I won't do that. Anyway, that's how. For everyone else, is not quite as useless as you. That's how you win a countdown. See, and I just can't me. believe how many don't contestants don't think to. I got an A. The number to the seventy-five. You got an A. Well, an A level or GCSE. GCSE. I got when an A. GCSE. When GCSEs, I got an a. GCSEs were proper. Yes, back in the good old. I did them two years after you. Before they had stars. Yeah, I was. So they were real. I was the year before stars. Right. One year. Four stars, and I got my GCSEs. And the next year, the stars came in. <laughs> this year, the it's stars. True. Came. It's true. Really? And I did A levels before AS and A two as well. And all that nonsense. All that nonsense. Back when you could only do three. And my friend Tom got six A's at A level. Really? And this is my this is my group of friends I at did school. Four. And see, all my friends got straight A's, and some of them getting twice as many as should be possible. And I got two N's and an E. <laughs> well, if you're going to fail, you should I fail know. properly. But you're, you don't strike me as being retarded or particularly thick. No, I am re- so, reasonably oh, so intelligent. So are you, actually? No, it just, I'm... Are you just pretending to be intelligent? I can't, yeah. That's all you have to do. You don't need to actually be intelligent. No. Just pretend well enough yes. and you get away with it. No, I... Um... A combination of, of laziness, because I got through my GCSEs. But that's extraordinarily lazy, though, I got, because well, I got through my a GCSE. generally intelligent person will, will get a B or a C or whatever. They just uh-huh. trundle on. They're, that's beyond laziness. This is why I say a combination. Um, a combination of laziness, because I didn't do any revision, and uh, just a real lack of ability in, in exams. I can still tell you the content of my biology A-level knowledge. I just couldn't reproduce it for you in exam why? conditions. I'd love to know. Can you still not do exams? Uh, I very little cause to take exams anymore, thank goodness. I quite like Last exams. exam I took no, when no. I was 25, I, so it's nearly like, seven I, years I, ago. No, I took an exam last year. I took my Latin oh, exam yes. for the Open University, and I, I really How enjoyed How do you do an Open University exam? You, you, you go into a oh, hall. You, go you actually okay, have to go into right, a hall, and okay. it, so it's proper invigilated. Mm-hmm. And I really I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience. I thought it was fun. It was invigorating, like a nice, cool bath. You know, it was, in, it in was a, nice. In a perverse way, I, could, I can see the appeal of doing a maths exam. Because I, this is so sad that the other day I went onto the BBC Bite Size Revision website oh, really? just to do some algebra. Why? Because <laughs> I love puzzle solving, and algebra is a really fun way to solve puzzles. You see, I I wouldn't do that, which is interesting. But whereas right. I, I'm relatively okay at programming. Oh, that's interesting. Because I have no which, skill. Which that, requires I think, a, I think which that's requires, language rather than maths. Well, no, but it it is language, but it also is maths. You know, algorithms okay. are maths. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. I wrote a program. That well, if you want, it actually played the free software song, and the right. and the way it played the free software song 
is it created, um, you know, it's getting a little bit techy, but I won't get too mm-hmm. techy. If the, the, there's a there's a, a virtual audio device, and if you you can pump data through the audio device, and it'll play whatever that is. You know, a low number. If you if you played a low number, then a high number, and a low number down again, you could kind of create a sine wave out of numbers, and that would make the tune. So right. okay. So and so if you actually just send letters, characters through it, and you know a, a is the a b c d e f g, it goes up by one number mm-hmm. in the ASCII character. So you can you can if you rapidly send different characters through it, <laughs> making a mathematical making a making a mathematical right. shape. Okay. You will you'll get a tune. So I wrote a program that would create um, sine waves out of these particular <laughs> letters right. um, and would also modulate the sine waves so that you'd have a proper attack, decay, sustain, release. So you wouldn't just switch on and off. It would have make, there'd be a nice kind of shape to the note. And then, a, and then the program would actually play tunes using okay. that subroutine. And I played the free software song out of it. And Richard Stallman indeed said it was a good hack, which is pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I can do that, which is actually, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's loops within loops. It's, um, there's right. quite a lot of maths, you know, uh, one, one number will increment, which will create the sign of it, which will then loop again to make another sine wave and that kind of thing. And you, you have a multiplier so that it changes the frequency and all that kind of stuff. And this is, this, this is you know, it's, it's beyond GCSE maths. Mm-hmm. And yet, for me, it was just playing, so it didn't matter. Right. Whereas, if you sit me in front of an exam to do that in an exam or in a textbook, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I'm, I want to try an experiment. I'm going to give you a, a, a multiplication to do. I want no, to see how long it takes you. No, no. I want to see how long oh, it no, takes no, you to get it. it. I've just had some Napoleon branded stuff. <laughs> so have no, I. You know, now I feel under pressure. Six times nine. See, oh, that's fifty-four. That's easy. I, I know I, the six times table. Oh, you know because I wonder whether you would use the nine times table, which is no, the, no. The I know the six sheet. times table for some reason. When I was, I remember. I don't know why, but I had to learn the six times uh-huh. table for a particular class. Right. And I learned a trick for each one. Okay. For, for every single number in the six mm-hmm. times table, um, and um, <laughs> that's interesting. Like, say, for example, six times four is twenty-four is equal to, is easy to remember because. There's four, six times four, 24, and two, two is half of four. So, you know, it's that kind of, e- that kind of easiness. Because <laughs> I, I, I used to have a thing where my mum would write out the times tables and pin them to the larder door. Pin them to your head. <laughs> and the larder door, and we'd get 20p if we could remember them all. Larder. Yes. Yeah, the larder. Well, like it was a cupboard. Yes, okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, and we would we'd get 20p if we could prove we'd learned the whole times table. So. 20p. 20p. In those days, it was worth a lot like of In money. those days, I could buy myself a new house <laughs> yes. and car. For 20p. 20, what, 20 colour bottles. 20p reminds me of another story I've, I've, I don't think I've ever told on a podcast. No. My greatest ever theft. Mm-hmm. This is, and I genuinely feel guilty about this. The genuine I'll tell time. you about my theft after, oh, okay. which is really bad. Okay, well, this, this is... Uh, I was um, too old for this kind of behaviour to be happening. But I was—I had twenty p in the world in one p's, mm-hmm. and I really wanted some fruit pastels. Mm-hmm. So I went to the uh, the mobile petrol station down yes. the road from us, and I had a plan. <laughs> this is how, my crime was meticulous. It was—if yes. it were a murder, it would be premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in, and my plan was I was going to put this packet of fruit pastels, which I should say could cost twenty one p at the time. Um, but the pack, the how many did you get? Oh, you know, there's kind of tube yes. of, of fruit pastels. Twenty one p, and I would put the twenty p on the counter mm-hmm. in twenty in one p's, and he would count them and find that there were only twenty and not twenty one, and then he would say, "I'll let you off the other one p." That was my plan. This is how I I thought this would go down, right. knowing full well that I didn't have enough money before I went in. Uh, so I get in and I take the fruit pastels up to the counter and I dump my twenty my twenty one p's on the counter, and he looks at them and he looks up at me and he says. I'll trust you. 
and oh. scrapes them into the till. And to this very day, the, the agony that I So that's the worst thing you've ever done? Is, the worst thing I've... Yes. Well, my my theft is done. a lot worse compared to... I thought you were going to tell me something <laughs> substantive. Like, well, actually, I, don't think I've, I genuinely don't think I've ever stolen... Well, no, I stole, I've stolen a giant cooking pot from a church. <laughs> you stole from Jesus. I stole from a giant cooking pot from Jesus. Why? I used it yesterday to make uh, to make um, bolognese sauce. Your bolognese sauce was satanic. I know it is, isn't it? It's all satanic. Sauce. I really should give it back. Yeah, which I church? stole it about there. Uh, I'm not going to say. Say, and then you'll have to give it back. So it's it was good. a church I worked for. <laughs> you stole. They didn't pay your... me anything, so I figure it was uh, fair enough that I stole from them. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, fair enough. You, you just stole your I wages stole to stop thing. them from basically having kept you as a slave. I stole one pot yeah. in three years of working for That's them. That's fair so. enough. That sounds like a, it sounds like good wages. <laughs> it's reasonable, did. doesn't it? Um, no, I, so what's I, your terrible theft? Well, it, 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 we, we're almost going to turn into the Jim Rossignol podcast now. Oh, yeah? It was, it, it was in South Africa and it was... What's uh, Jim got to do in South Africa? No, you'll see. Oh, okay. It, you and Jim, because it was... My first and only theft was... Uh, <gasps> It was it was in a in a kind of computer and general electronics shop, and mm-hmm. they were quite unpleasant there because you know we they had the Amiga there, and the very few Amigas made to South Africa, right. and and I, of course I was in the know, so I, I'd read all the British and American computer magazines. I knew mm-hmm. that this was a miraculous computer compared to the dull, awful PC compatible uh, computers and right. other rubbish computers. So I was always going. When my mother went to the supermarket, I would always go because the shop was nearby. And spend all my time in there playing with the computer in the shop, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you you remember you used to do. Absolutely, and, and, yeah. And they started getting a little bit narky about that, you know. Even though without me, I don't think they would have ever sold any because they <laughs> used to just leave the thing with the workbench disc prompt in there, saying right. insert a disc. And I used to insert all the discs and play the games and mm-hmm. tell people about them. I and I would tell people how good it was and so right. on. And then one day I noticed that they'd left um, Star Glider out. Uh-huh. And um, I I really like playing the game, mm-hmm. and uh, the and I remember at the same time. It's funny that uh, the other thing that's burnt into my mind is that on the stereo in the shop because they also sold stereos. They were playing um, "It's a Sin," oh, no. which had just come out, <laughs> and and uh, 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 and uh, and some he and he and the the the, the shop. The guy had said something nasty. I don't remember what it was. I said, well, screw you then. And I took right. the Star Glider disc <gasps> and I took it home with me. And then when yeah. I eventually got my Amiga, I kept it until I got my Amiga <laughs> and then played it. But worse, it, it's worse. I went back next week uh-huh. and um, the guy was there again. And he, was, and he was being sarcastic about something and being nasty. I can't remember right. what it was. So uh, I took the Star Glider manual, as well, <laughs> which is the novella. It you was the get... little novella which oh, they yes. read with Star Glider. You didn't right? get the box the following week, right? No, I, I thought I, I didn't want the box. <laughs> so I had the novella and How long disc. did you have it before you got an Amiga? Um, probably a, a year and a half. Really? Just like lying that. there useless for a year and, and, I re- and I finished the game. I think it's the only game I finished. Oh, wow. And it was a very good game, actually. They don't make games like that anymore. See, we have. We turned into the, a gaming podcast. They now. don't make games like Star Glider anymore. No, they don't. They don't make Because you know why? Why? Because they wouldn't sell very well. Because they're very primitive in old games. No. They knew how to make games. In those oh, days. back in the good old days, the before they had days. colours and graphics. No, there were colours. It was wireframe colour graphics. How many? Sixteen. Um, How many colours could the Amiga do? The Amiga could do in ham mode. Yes. On the original chipset, uh-huh. uh huh, four thousand and ninety six. Four thousand ninety six in ham mode. In yeah. normal gaming modes, it was about thirty two. Yeah. With but you could and then you could have different rainbow effects for the background. Didn't, I thought the Atari could do two hundred fifty six. The Atari could playing doing various bits and pieces, but four thousand. Right. Very few. It was very mm. CPU intensive to use all four thousand ninety six. Right. So you know, video digitizers and stuff would 
My favourite thing about the colours now is on is Windows runs at thirty two million. Is it thirty two thousand, thirty two million, whatever? Yeah, I can't remember, whatever it could be. Thousands, the human eye can only see. But the human eye can only do about half of that. Yes. yes. Kind of I don't even think you can see 16 million the human eye. I think they, I think it's about 8 million oh, really? and then it starts running out. <laughs> so. But it's good that, to know that they're there even though you can't see them. Yes. More, I say, I want 64 million. Yes. More colours I can't see, I insist yes. on them. The more colours you can't. I want, I want my uh, Windows PC to be generating colours in the infrared spectrum, the ultraviolet yeah. spectrum. Uh, X-rays. <laughs> yes, I want X-rays. And gamma the rays yes. pour, pouring out of the LCD <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> That's all I want. Yes. <laughs> Gamma ray LCDs. You want your LCD to be supernovaing into your eyes. It would be quite right. spectacular. But I'm not getting cancer from playing the game. Do you know? Do you know when computers stopped being interesting? Well, I, did, I didn't know that they had. No, I'll tell you when. When they became yeah. infinite. How do you mean? Basically, um, well, you had the original IBM CGA had three colours and the background mm-hmm. for normal graphics mode. Which is ridiculous. And they weren't even colours you could choose. Yes. It was cyan, magenta. magenta and white. Yes. Or you could have yellow, green and red if you mm. were very good. <laughs> and, this was, yes. and this was considered... Uh, and yeah, at the same time, the Commodore 64 was doing 16 colours which you could choose. And the right. Atari uh, was, was doing various other things, let alone the uh, Amiga and so on. So when you say you couldn't choose it, it would just randomly apply these colours as it felt? No, no, but I mean, you oh. couldn't say, well, I'd, I'd like a... OK, I can only have three colours, but I'll choose that from the oh, palette of 16. Because right. it had 16, a 16 colour palette in text mode. So mm-hmm. you could have, you know, reds, greens, blues, or, or brown, etc. Right. But uh, in graphics mode, those were... Your, why, your... were why such vulgar colours as magenta and cyan? What was the logic behind I choosing think it those colours? I think it was the high contrast or something. Because oh, okay. IBM thought that's all you want is high <laughs> yes, contrast right. for your one pie chart that you're yes, going to do or something true. like that. And so, you know, you'd, you'd see all these games converted, like King's Quest on the original mm-hmm. C. I played King's Quest in CGA, mm-hmm. where they, have the, they only had yellow and uh, red and green wow. to play with. And then, of course, the... The sound, they only had one channel, mm-hmm. square wave, no volume control. Yes. And that was the original IBM PC. Beep, boop, beep, yes. Boop, beep, beep, the original boop. IBM PC was the worst computer for its time. Of <laughs> yes. It was really a disgrace. It was right. awful. And, um, and my father had one, which is why uh-huh. I was so happy to have an Amiga instead. Right. It was really a terrible computer. But the thing was that you could feel very specific, tangible differences. You would say, the Amiga brings us to the next level. We've got mm-hmm. 16 or 32 colors. At, the, at a push, you could have 4,096, but not yeah. really, only yeah. with still graphics. There were four stereo sound channels, mm-hmm. 8-bit, so it was a bit muffled, um, but you could only have four instruments playing at once. Right. These were very precise, specific things. Yeah. You, know, you, you, could, you could have up to eight, 8 megabytes if you were very good. Uh, and but that was it for your memory. But <laughs> yes. most of the time, you'd have five hundred twelve k or or a, or a meg. Yeah. And there were very these were very specific numbers, and you knew that the next iteration that came out would have slightly more. So you know, next time you'd have uh, the 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 next Amiga came out, and you'd have two hundred fifty six thousand colors rather than mm-hmm. four thousand and ninety six. And there were talk that there would be eight channels or sixteen channels of right. sound. Now you effectively have infinite number of channels of sound because you can pretty much multiplex any waveforms you want. Okay. You have an infinite number of colors. We've pretty much got infinite resolution you know the, the today's resolutions are about as high as they need to be yeah. before we get to e-paper and i think that's actually dull because you don't have there's no more achievement to be made we've we kind of suddenly jumped from these very discrete you know four colors to eight colors to infinite right and that's it and but i find that sad a little bit sad it's like <laughs> it's like it's like we've reached warp drive and that's it now i think there's interest interestingly there is an, a real push towards retro now so uh, indie gaming 
um, but if you people building their own adventure games use the adventure game simulator uh, adventure game I can't remember it's called AGS um, and it limits you to very primitive it limits oh, yeah. you to kind of early 90s style does Scum VM also limit you? no Scum, Scum VM is, is merely uh, a, a um, oh blanked on the word this is great radio emulator that's right it's an emulator yeah so but by, by that very nature won't it it will, will it, limit it, you to what it's emulating so yes. there people do create new adventures for Scum VM they do, but it much, makes much more sense to create adventures for using AGS because then you mm. can um, you can manipulate it how you like. And you can put more complicated stuff in, but people make them in the traditional style mm. using pixel graphics and, mm. and even using text passes as, as your interaction, mm. um, which is a long-forgotten art form. But there's a big push to that, and lots of people are making very simple retro platform games. And there seems to be a real desire in the, in the artistic community of game developers to use very primitive palettes to, to oh, create yes. their games, which is interesting. Oh, I like the idea because there was an art in dithering in actually getting those four or five colours or whatever you had and trying to make, to kind of emulate other shades with it um, was always an amazing thing to see. Right. Whether they actually were, they were like, they'd set a blue background, for example, and they'd mix the yellow with the green and the blue to make this kind of weird stipply white oh, yeah. or flesh colour and that kind of thing. So there was an art in it. It was almost like tapestry weaving. There's a great joke in um, a game called Space Quest 4, which I don't know if you remember that I one. I played Space Quest 3, bizarrely. But Space Quest 4. 4, you did time travel, and at one point you, you, you fly into, you travel forward to Space Quest 12 and Space Quest 10, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, it's elite. But then you fly back to Space, you tra- tra- travel back to Space Quest 1, and so Space Quest 1, Space Quest 1 was in e- CGA and EGA. Mm-hmm. And Space Quest 4 was in VGA, so you travel back into EGA graphics, and you are this VGA character walking around <laughs> an EGA bar, and all the people in the bar are looking at you, this weird outsider, Mr. Fancy Pants. A funny post-modern post game. Exactly, but of course now you're playing it, his VGA graphics are incredibly primitive too. Yes. And so it's, you know, it's somewhat lost. Post-postmodern. But it's, uh, it's an excellent joke. It sounds like, uh, I, I, it's a pity that I gave up those games at that point, I think. At, 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 well, no, maybe it's right, because they stopped being good. That's right, there's no, been no good games since 1993. No, it's funny, they actually haven't. <laughs> That's interesting that you argue this. It's funny because it's... Um, no, no, they really haven't. You've always maintained this, but yet like, look across your room and there's a little 360 under the television. Yeah, that's for the lady wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lady wife's 360, so she can play Left 4 Dead whilst I knit. That's true, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. Your little uh, reversal... But, uh, no, no, but I think it's—I don't think it's that contentious to say there have been no good games in the last <laughs> ten years. I think it? no, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, there've been there've been impressive games, good demos of technologies, <laughs> right. but actually, they're pretty dull. No, dull, I rubbish. disagree with you. The certainly the the ones that get the most attention have been dull. The Need for Speeds and the Gears of War. Are, you know, there's yeah. nothing particularly inspiring about them. But yeah, been, very good graphics. But uh, you're uh, ignoring uh, you're ignoring games like Knights of the Old Republic or yes. um, Deus Ex could be in the last ten years and some absolutely stunning. Games. Actually, it, I keep hearing people talk about this Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I've heard them talk about it for quite a long time. Yes, it's 2002 why when was it, it came out. Why was it so good? It was good because um, it taught me philosophy. Uh, so I bet you it did. It genuinely did. I bet you it didn't. I bet you, again, this, this kind of the hubris of the game where he thinks that uh-huh. games are going to give him a marvellously um, uplifting and enlightening experience. No, they don't. They're just games. It, the, the right, which, philo- which philosopher? <laughs> See, it's so Name long. the philosopher. See, it's so long since I've played it. I've Descartes. everything that it taught me. Kant. <laughs> anyway, let mm. me try and explain Deus Ex a bit better. That you, the Hegel. Interesting thing, about, one of my favourite things about Deus Ex was that if you ran around killing people, Hmm. people were dis- in the game were disappointed with you 
genuinely like the guy who who ran the just a little bit of dramatic irony the guy who ran the ammo shop at the beginning was was could give you bonus tranquilizer darts and stuff if you were tranking rather than killing and your own brother in the game is is horrified if you kill people and so a game that, that reacts negatively to you murdering is 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 exceptional and then it was just it told a really brilliant story in it and you would like you you went to um so the story was brilliant yes and why you was, you spent was time it why was it why was it made more brilliant than if it were a very good book or a film because you were choosing Given the illusion of choosing well i think the, the no 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 not not the illusion un, unusually um i've just told i've told this story a hundred times in every magazine i've written for and spoken on but um there was this, the great moment when I was phoning Kieran Gillen, who was working at PC Gamer at that Wasn't time. Wasn't he your boyfriend at the time? <laughs> My boyfriend, no, because I lived in a different county. But you still talked about how you once saw him and, and his, his, his nightgown flipped off or something. That's, I remember there was a tale that you once made. It's a highly fictional story. No, there was. I, I actually have other people who remember you telling no, no, this tale. No, no, the one story I've told is that uh, Kieran, I used to read PC Gamer um, because I was a big fan of Kieran Gillen this back before I was writing for it. Before you realised the truth. Before I knew and realised that he was just a, a, a hack. Yes. Um, and he, um, no, and I was saying, so he was someone I admired and, and whose writing style I wished and to emulate. And slightly fancied. And, and he wanted to kiss on Yeah, the fair enough, fair enough. Um, but uh, one time, it was soon after I started working, moved to Bath um, and was working more regularly for PC Gamer, I went around his, his flat and he came into the room wearing nothing but a towel. That's oh, the story right. I told. And I didn't see, didn't flash anything. But I was saying, my, my... <laughs> that, that's turned into this Lothario who comes yes. in in this silk kimono. Uh-huh. Sort of it's like, ah, right. you like me for my games, journalism. <laughs> no, he just came in, and I, the joke I've made in the past. Look, it's was, my joystick. It's very hard to continue yeah. to think of Kieran as some as as some sort of writing hero once you've seen him. His 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 meager frame, pale frame in a, in a towel. <laughs> Right. Point. Some of the mystique is lost. That's yeah. all. That's all. I've, that's Fair all enough. I, that story was claiming. What was I talking about before you so rudely distracted I me? I don't know. You, oh, dear, you've so gone flush. I focus enough. I'm so. I'm blushing. I I'm asked, so I, why can't we just read a good book on, our, right. on our sleeves? That's right. I phoned. I phoned Kieran. Um, I used to do this. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't imagine why he put up with this. But when I was 21, 22 a new boy working for PC Gamer as a freelancer. Yes. I used to phone and chat, and I would talk to him. Funny enough, you're still paid the same I'd now that you were. Yes, I'd talk at him on the phone for yes. about half an hour. I don't know why I put up with it. But one time we were chatting years later, and chatting about um, Deus Ex. One time at band camp. And I said, um, I said, isn't it awful in Deus Ex when your brother dies? And Kieran said, my brother didn't die. And that was the moment when we both realised quite how brilliant this game was. That something so absolutely plot critical and crucial to my entire experience with the story was the death of my brother. It had emotional resonance. I had to go to then had to go to Hong Kong and find his body in a morgue. I had to all these things. I had to break the death his death to his girlfriend. I had this enormous so many resonance to that. Stage, no, no, no. Yes. Kieran saved his brother's life. Kieran was more heroic than I was. I, I couldn't save him, and he died. Kieran succeeded in saving him, and therefore didn't have to go and tell people that he was dead, and didn't have to go and get his body from a morgue. They, you know, quite cleverly makes you do the same thing but for different reasons but we had a totally different emotional experience to the game and a different story was told to us because of the way we played and that that i think was something the game should be able to do more often how long have we been going for uh, just half an hour I don't 42 know. minutes actually so you shouldn't go for more than 45 i think really you I usually for- go for about an hour don't you Oh, no, I don't. Jim and I, doing the Rock, Paper, Shotgun podcast, we stop at about 45. What, what about Collings and Herring? Collings and Herring do one hour, six minutes and 36 seconds. Why? Because they can't figure out how to make GarageBand record any longer than that. Why do they use GarageBand? Because they like Macs. 
You see, I've lost even more respect for Have them you? now because it's this kind of oh well, they'll use the first program they find on the first but computer Adam and, that they Adam find. Adam and Joe use GarageBand to do all their songs. Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't respect them <laughs> like, for that reason either. I mean, I like them, but I don't. It respect seems to be them. quite good at doing the job that they want it to do. I've really? never used it. It's not, it's not, not that. I think uh, no. I think Kieran and Alec when they do their rock paper song called Shotgun podcast. I can't say the name of the website after all that brandy. Um, more brandy. No, no, I think I should not. Would you like some Madeira, Madeira? You <laughs> see, now you shouldn't have any more brandy either. Yeah. Doing puns. Um, I'm not. Use, I, I'm, I excuse me. Where's have some Madeira, Madeira from? I don't know. You don't know the song. I don't think I do. Oh God, I've forgotten their name. Victoria knows them. You know, they they also sang the. Um, Mud, mud, glorious mud. They sang that song as well. They said, I'm a gnu. God, I've forgotten their name. That's embarrassing. Should we look on Wikipedia? No, that's cheating. Yeah, it is Plus, che- the internet's not plugged in on this. Okay, well, um, can you do some filling in and then I'll, I'll, gonna... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you their name. One wore a, one wore a wheelchair. One wore, <laughs> wore a wheelchair? <laughs> yes, it was. It was at stake. I think this will go lovely with my bottom. <laughs> yes. No. My, you know what will suit my, my non-working legs? A yes. wheelchair. No, no. Surely you know them. <laughs> I, then my dad used to sing "Mud, Mud, Glorious Mud" when I was very small. famous British. Uh, well, one of them was slightly Russian, but uh, "Mud, Mud, Glorious Mud" have some Madeira, Madeira, and they had a very good Gera, not not a Gera, a, a, a God, um, a very good Lytotes. This there. is why you should stop at forty-five minutes, by <laughs> and, the and way. why you shouldn't drink brandy. You, you shouldn't drink brandy. Brandy, what a good podcast. It was the Gnu song um, as well. One second, please. <laughs> I don't, don't really know how to fill in a podcast that has no topic. Well, Phil, go on, do some filling. Try. I'm, I am. I'm filling by distracting you and making you not look up this thing. Flanders and Swan. Flanders and Swan, of course. My dad used to give me some Flanders and Swan CDs. Exactly, and they 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 had the song. They 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 Madeira, had a Madeira. number of songs, but uh, have some Madeira Madeira. It was basically done in this uh, as a kind of uh, a Victorian moral song where this okay. Lothario would say, "Have some Madeira Madeira, and why don't you stay?" You know, and that kind of thing. Are um, they dead now, Flanders and Swan? I'm afraid they are very dead. Yes. Do you know who I always preferred to Flanders and Swans? Tom Lira. But Tom Lira was good, but um, I think Flanders and Swan. He was better at maths than you are. He was better at maths. He also had better at chemistry, according. Oh, really? Well, didn't he? Did he do the? You know, he didn't do the uh, song about. Oh, the periodic table. The periodic, song. It wasn't him, was he? No, he did poisoning pigeons in the, the park. park. Yeah, it's his most famous song. Yeah, but he um he was no he was he then quit being a singer to become a math professor at university. He preferred that world than the fame of being a comedian singer. There are very few good comic comedy singers. Well, of course, there's there, there's one very good one, the best one. Oh, you, mean, you must mean Victoria Wood. No, no, not Victoria Wood. <laughs> your your favourite. Your other friend. Oh, yes. He's on the no show. Oh, Mitch Ben. Mitch Ben. He loves me, doesn't he? He does love me. Big what fan about, of mine. See if you can summarise in under under 30 seconds exactly why he's a big fan of yours. I wrote on my blog uh, many, many years ago that he ripped off a They Might Be a Giant song because he sang a song that sounded exactly like a They Might Be a Giant song. And being a celebrity, of course, this just washed off him like oh, yes. water of the like, duck's back. He didn't even notice. Some nobody on a blog says about me. No, no, no. He came off furious on the yes. comments. He emailed me and he wrote comments on my blog. Absolutely inflamed with anger. Uh, and then do you remember suggestion. about 10 years later, just a few months ago, he made he made reference to it. Oh yes, gosh. on on a recent now show. Oh, Ten years that. later, that's Ten, how... it's stuck in his craw so much <laughs> that he actually raised that this happened on an episode of the now show. Now, like, I mean, I have my own tiny pocket of fame within a select community of gamers, but I'm not of any significance or consequence. And and he 
for some reason, I'm so bugged by this accusation I made against him that he it, he raised it still years and years on. It's still nagging at him. This man <laughs> said this, and he the, the thing that made me most suspicious, I must say, and is that he claimed to have never heard the They Might Be Giants song. And I'm thinking, how can you be a professional comedy singer also, and I think not the be story aware had, of their Hadn't the story songs? changed ten years later, oh, where he sort remember. of had remembered, he, he knew that he liked They Might Be Giants. Well, I don't want to libel him. <laughs> Why not? Oh, go on, libel him. Try, try your best to libel him. He is a murderer, um, <laughs> yes. and he once killed a baby. He once killed a song. <laughs> he did a, ba- a baby song. <laughs> a baby song. It's <laughs> nest. <laughs> He killed a baby song in its nest by throttling it and yes. then pretended... He weed on it. <laughs> he weed on yeah. it. And then pretended that all um, songs... Sound... What's the latest thing? Well, for him, the latest oh, All thing... songs sound like Coldplay. Well, yeah. that was many years ago he sang that song. Yes, he still sings it. <laughs> I don't think he's a good person to libel. No, he I looked, think he's the kind of person who would act. He looks like he, he looks like a sort of person who won't take things lightly, will he? No. He'll take things very seriously and ponderously. I'd like to say, for the record, that Mitch Ben has never murdered a baby song. <laughs> he's, no, he's only murdered a baby. <laughs> anyway, it can't be libelous if it's satire. It can't be libelous if he's dead. That's if we should kill him. <laughs> if we murder him <laughs> before we put this online, yes, then we we're, then we won't be. Um, We'll be safe. I love that they... Oh, yes. Um, the the one thing that uh, Flanders and Swan did mm-hmm. is they wrote a song called The First and Second Law, the only song about <laughs> thermodynamics. <laughs> thermodynamics. Um, okay, so he talks about thermodynamics, and uh-huh. I won't do it completely because that would be copyright breaching. So I'll just give you an excerpt. He said, mm-hmm. after me, the first law of thermodynamics, heat is work and work is heat, heat is work and work is heat. Very good. The second law of dynamics, heat cannot of itself pass from one body to a hotter body. Scat music starts. Heat cannot of itself pass from one body to a hotter body. Heat won't pass, etc. Cause, cause the cold in the cooler will with will get hotter as a ruler. Cause the cold in the cooler will get hotter as a ruler. Cause the cold, cause the hotter bodies heat. Cause the hotter bodies heat will pass to the cooler. Cause the hotter bodies. And so forth. And so, that's beautiful. And I, I like I how think, they made those I don't think work. that anybody could accuse me of breaching copyright there. I think <laughs> you'll have to say that's a very derived work, and at that point it becomes completely original. But I would suggest you should listen to it, because it's actually quite, um, it's quite a cool and fun song. So, it, And at that point they overleap Tom Leary even. It's interesting. I, now, earlier on I was quoting The Nature of the Sun by quoting a They Might Be Giants song. Mm. So, so you can learn everything you need to know about physics. Yes, from uh, from these pop music of the silly. Yes, indeed, and we uh, what comes up must go down. Remember that song? <laughs> we we now know Newtonian physics. That's what true. That's true. That's where it comes down. from. Yes, that's where Newton got his idea. He listened to a kind of di- was ah, it a disco hit. Exactly, and then after many years in Chinese whispers, that became an apple falling near him by yes. set under a tree. Yes. I like the idea. My favourite thing about that story is the idea that he'd never seen anything fall yes. before. Uh, <laughs> oh, falling! Uh, what is, is this? The thing is, even as a kid, I realised that that was something ridiculous. Yes. No, what? <laughs> Things fall. <laughs> I had assumed that if you put them mid-air, they would remain there. <laughs> but don't forget that Newton was brilliantly mad as well. He was heavily into astrology. And invented the cat flap. 
<laughs> did not Seriously, know that. he did. Fantastic. Did you not know he invented the cat flap? I didn't know that. I like Mark. I, I thought I was. I was giving you a truth in there. Going, yes, yes. No, you did. Know, I'm not I like, being funny. I like Mark Steele's argument about it because people are. You have to say, say it with that SUR accent and the blocked nose. I can't do. But Andrew Collins, your favorite, could do a good impression. Oh. He um, he. But he argued that, that people are mean to Newton because he believed in all these crazy things too. Mm. But he's saying actually think about the things that he was right about. Yes, they're pretty crazy as well. Like yes, that white light and... has lots of colours yes, in it and things right. like that. Was yeah, it's, it's fair enough that he was throwing out these insane ideas that some of them, you know... Yes, yeah, so if you push something, it'll continue moving forever if there's mm-hmm. no friction and so on. It's, it's an, he was an impressive chap. So do you, would you like to go to the moon? Um, yes, not necessarily the moon, but I would like to see the Earth from No, would you like to it. go to the moon? What? Right now? No, I'm just saying, not would you like to go to the moon? Uh, yeah, sure. Really? I think, I think it looks like quite a dull place. No, I mean, I want to uh, say... The achievement of going there is great. And yes. I, I'm not one of these awful people. You know what? Oh, you should spend your money on the kiddies in the hospital. No, screw the kiddies in the hospital. Yeah. So you should go to space. But Absolutely. the moon's just a bit dull. Mars no, looks no, more interesting. No, no, the, well, the thing about the moon is, and the appeal of the moon, is the bouncing. Yes. The weightlessness, or close to it, would just be yes. so extraordinary. The feeling of... All the way, I read an XKCD today. Now, I don't know if he's making this up, but apparently... Or yesterday, you can... Um, who cares when it was? He, he uh, yeah, I hate that when they, you know, people yeah. get really worried about getting being very precise. Right. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. It was it the day before? Yes. Oh, I don't know. What was I doing? <laughs> like anyone, like anyone, like anybody who gives a toss. And if anyone did ever listen to this, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't today. be yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yes, I've interrupted you again, and uh, maybe you've forgotten about next no, Casey, and nobody will remember the joke no, I now because it was. He's um, talking about the Titan. Apparently, it's one fifteenth our gravity and half the density, or something. So the point is, you can jump and you can fly. If you were on, on Titan. That's scary, though, because you'd reach uh, escape velocity. And just <laughs> that would be bad. You know, imagine you trip or you... Oh, or God imagine God. You say you're, you're, just, you're jumping up and down for joy. <laughs> yes, I passed the exam. <laughs> and that's it. You're off the planet. It's like the same sadness would be applied as when you lose a helium balloon. <laughs> yes. You have to have the same, be the helium the same sense of wistfulness as you just watch that person. Like, so at least a helium balloon just goes high and then pops and then falls back down. Yeah. Imagine the helium balloon... Continued on forever. Have you ever used launched one of those those uh, lanterns, the Chinese lanterns, where you light the candle inside? It's like one of those old fashioned seventies light fittings. I think I've seen it. Yeah. Um, my my housemate has had some of these, and you, you basically what you do is you light a fire inside of it, and then let it float off into the yes. sky. And presumably at some point that sets fire to something. But it's <laughs> far enough away that it's not your yes. problem. Yes, you remember those Australian bushfires? Yes, uh, oh, yes. Last, yeah, was... where Sydney burnt down or something. Yeah, that was you and your little lantern. <laughs> That's what it was. I like that. That kind of. I'm going to push some fire off, and I'm going to see where it goes. Yes. I won't be. Responsible. I hope it goes to a, no, no, a, a good auntie cloud will put it out. You know, <laughs> okay. Like, like in a snuff. Yes, like at a restaurant. I'm not allowed to play with um, candles, candles or, or the wax in the restaurant. I'm not allowed to. Your wife tell you off. She, no, she she will put the candle out to stop really? me from doing. It. Does she and lick then her I, fingers first? And, and then, then that brave that, snuffing. No, thing. and then I and then I put my finger in the still molten wax, and then she takes the candle away. Aww. you know, because Adam and Joe in the very first episode of the I, Adam and Joe show showed yeah. you how to do um, good candle fiddles yes yes and it's in their book as well i think so here's a thing here's a fact that i know is true that i don't believe okay and i 100 percent know this is true yeah that when you blow out a candle Mm -hmm. it's not the movement of air that makes it go out but the temperature change why do you know this is true because it is true it's a fact right so if i make so if you try to blow right so if i use a fan heater it's not going to blow it out if you blow out a candle with with air as warm as the flame it wouldn't blow out and it's true, but I still refuse to accept that that's the case. It shouldn't be the case. It should be the, the puff, the puff of my blowing. 
No, I don't, I'll tell you why. I suppose if the air were at the temperature of the flame, it would still be imparting the same energy. See, now apparently it's the temperature change that makes it go out. It would be imparting the same energy onto the flame. So I suppose where would be the energy? Why would there wouldn't be any energy transfer? The energy right. would still be there. You know, it's not. You're not. You're not um, causing the energy to dissipate or go away because you're contributing. But all you do is you tilt the flame over. That's all that it would. The flame would still move. It just wouldn't leave the wick. You're not blowing the flame off. No, of because the wick. It, but that's what I mean. You're not giving it away to dissipate its energy quickly. Right. Are you away yeah. from the wick? Because effectively, if it's that hot, as Flanders and Swan told you, <laughs> yes. where where's the heat going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to just say, oh well, you're blowing something as hot as me, so I'm going to. There's no way. There's no channel for it to go. Right. So it'll just, I suppose, but no, I still disagree. Exactly, exactly. It's and obviously you're, you're true. Talk, it's totally yeah, nonsense. Totally ridiculous. You, are there any, other, any others like that? Um, Father Christmas. Obviously it's true. Yes. But I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe old. that there's this man that can go yeah. down every single chimney. Of, even house, this, this house, uh-huh. chimney's been blocked up and yet still yeah. gifts would be delivered were our child allowed to celebrate Christmas, which, <laughs> it, will, which it will not be. Have it, it'll have some miserable Hanukkah <laughs> yes. crap. It won't oh, be, probably won't be, allowed, China, it won't be allowed anything. It'll, just, it'll, it'll, it'll be celebrating um, atheists. All the other kids are beginning their we too, and you'll it'll be celebrating atheists. Atheists, yes. Lovely. It'll celebrate the nullity of the universe. <laughs> it'll wait. celebrate the second law of thermodynamics. Wait, wait, it'll watch a away. candle melt, and you'll wait. say that's the universe. You that take is. away one of its toys. <laughs> yes. No, no. I'll, no, what I'll do is I'll I'll smash one of its toys, uh-huh. and I'll say that's what's happening to the universe. That's and notice that your toy will never be able to be put back <laughs> together right. again. You'll never play with this toy again. Yes. Happy atheists. <laughs> tonight is the night of the second law. Happy atheists. <laughs> <laughs> will you have a different... Will atheists be like three nights for each of the three laws? Well, the, 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 the first law is the easy second law, but apparently the third law is a bit of a rubbish law. Oh, really? It's, just, it's a sort of... Uh, you know, like, I mean, you, I like all, like all part three. You have no other film. thermodynamics No, it's, it's some rubbish. It's like the first and second laws are really profound and philosophically interesting. Right. The third law is just a bit sort of... This is a little bit complicated, and if this happens with heat, and then that happens with heat, and then this, then it won't be the same. Well, that mm. doesn't. We we can't use that in a play about the futility of life. <laughs> the third, maybe the third law of thermodynamics is uh, every time you see a shopping bag in an American film, it will have a French stick in it. Oh, will it? Yes, that's true. Unless it's blowing around. I was trying to think of the most trite thing, and you sounded interested in that. Unless it's blowing, <laughs> unless it's blowing around poetically, like in. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. Like, no, because they have paper bags in America, don't they? Yeah, plastic. Why don't we have paper bags things. in the United Kingdom? I don't know because they're incredibly annoying and they rip open and they're absolutely useless. But they are nice. Yeah, there's something there's charming something homely, about them. and you, you, you feel to, your food will be nicer. You have to carry them from the underneath rather than from the top. Do you drink Coke? Yes. Do you drink Coke or Diet Coke? Regular Coke. Well, you do drink regular Coke. Yes. Um, I still say that it tastes nicer out of a glass bottle. Am hmm. I allowed to do this? I have a theory about this. That is... I have a theory as well. And What's I... your theory? Tell me your theory. Well, my theory is, um, if, I think if you poured it into a, into a cup or a glass or anything, it might not make such a difference. However, the um, near phallic feeling of having this, this, the, the glass ridges around your lips as you drink the uh-huh. coke through is, is a nice experience. It's, it's, right. it, the glass feels nice. Do you slightly think that cool. can affect the flavour? It affects the experience, and after right, all, okay. you know, the, the experiences of drinking is, is more than just the flavour. It is just a fizzy sweet thing. I think it, uh, I, uh, the, the tin 
at, if it feels like it will keep it cooler and crisper. Right. But, but but it's not quite so nice. If you drink straight from the tin, mm-hmm. it's got the well, the you, weird opening, and you could cut your lip with metal, it. Metal metal does taste as well. That's the yeah. Other thing that's but but also the, we will admit that I think we have to admit that the the plastic bottle of Coke is awful. It does impart that horrible plasticky flavour. I think. Well, I, especially I, if it's slightly not believe, not ice cold. Do you believe that if I got a a can, uh, oh, at least a tin, by the way? Like a, mm. I heard someone say, tinny of Coke in the in the, uh, the canteen at Future. Um, the other day, and they call it. They, they say it's not a canteen; it's a deli. Hmm. It's not; it's a canteen. Um, uh, this man referred to a tin of pop. Which <laughs> I thought was awesome. Uh, I'd like a tin of pop, please. Uh, Certainly, okay. so. Would <laughs> you like a penny farthing to do, do, cycle do, home? Do, on do, it do, 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 do come from Eden Blyton. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, um, do you, I think if I got a can of Coke and a bottle of Coke and a glass bottle of Coke and pour them, I can I can't. Yes, and pour them into glasses. Would you? Do you think you'd be able to tell which came from which? No, but no. I don't mind because as with the placebo effect, it is powerful if you believe yeah. it. So See, well, no, I have this thing with coffee. Um, coffee drunk out of a glass is a totally different experience than out of a china mug, and of course out of a horrendous. But that's Starbucks the case. It is a different cat. experience. It might not actually taste, yes. taste difference if you had a blind test and you had literally a straw from the core of each one you might not be able to taste the but there's difference. something about the the glass on your mouth as yes. you drink the coffee it makes it taste and i'm sure this is is entirely invented but it makes it taste smoother like it's something slightly silkier about the taste well there it. is something silky about the way that liquids pour uh, mm. uh, along the glass there is i think the coke does the same along the bottle there's just something about the way that liquids adhere and it probably is a physical property of the way Maybe. that it adheres to the glass as it pours through which and it doesn't do on plastic or certainly not on on metal or I, I was going to lament the fact that so much coffee is now drunk through a, a plastic um sippy cup mm. like a tommy tippy cup is now how we all <laughs> drink our, our coffee yes um the infantilization yes. of man but actually that is a giant leap forward from the polystyrene cups that coffee came in in this country polystyrene does Starbucks have a, a, a massive flavor oh I mean, it's it really revolting. it is like a bit like rubber isn't it, it is it's disgusting and, and you can't help but take a bite out of it at the end i do, I, I tend to chew them into yeah. all sorts of little pieces i you do like to. that it's the nicest that's thing why i can't use very fine china because i just want to crunch it i do want to crunch fine yeah. china as well See? I shouldn't be allowed near it. I think I wonder if that's normal. There's something so thin should be crunched. Yes, I do that too. Maybe. Then you like crunching ice, don't you? Because your teeth are made of titanium. I do enjoy crunching ice very much, but I'm told not to. I can't do it. My teeth and my mouth would fall out. I like crunching ice, and somebody told me that. Well, I read somewhere that apparently that means you're sexually frustrated. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't think your I pregnant was. wife must have <laughs> yeah. told about this. I didn't know. I didn't think I was, but, but I think I no. I actually like crunching ice because actually I always feel slightly too warm, and oh, okay. I like. The, the massive cooling effect that it constantly your, gives you. Your teeth can't have any nerve endings in them at all. Well, I hope they don't. I've heard very bad things about nerve endings in oh, teeth and awful. root canal and so on. Dreadful business. It is. Your awful. father is a dentist. That's true. And on that note, we should probably end. <laughs> That's an excellent note to end on. Where are we? What are we? Are we on? Oh my goodness, we're on over an hour. Okay. We're long beyond our 45 minute maybe, maybe we should switch it off I now. think this, this concludes our discussion of why Claire Fox shouldn't be on the Moral <laughs> Maze. <laughs> We never returned to that topic. No, we never did. We were never on topic. It's like the little <laughs> dirty grit around which the crystal was formed. Crystal? Yes, the crystal. <laughs> crystal. I didn't know crystals were formed around grit in oysters, is that? No, no. Crystals have to have a smaller bit of grit or Do a they? smaller crystal to form. Crystals have to have something to form on. I did not know that. Well, now that's what we can end that's, on. That's beautiful. And, and, and I think you should apologise to Mitch Ben this instant. I'm sorry, Mitch Ben. You are definitely the best 
comedy <laughs> comedy singer, singer ever. I emphasise comedy there because I know it pisses you off because you really want to be a rock and roll star <laughs> don't you oh, he hates me already I feel bad I don't want him to hate me more yes he will hate you more oh well have some Madeira my dear <laughs> thank you very much <laughs>